Hello, founders and non-founders. Hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, it is Saturday evening. Uh, well, actually, it's like Saturday night, rather. It's 11 p.m. Um, so I hope you appreciate this recording. I actually wanted to come uh, talk about something that I realized that most founders don't talk about. I don't know why, and it has to do with fundraising. Um, I was actually uh, doing some due diligence on a few VC funds this week, and I realized that I have, over the past few years, actually gotten really good at doing my kind of going through my own vetting process before I even speak with a VC fund. And, you know, people always say fundraising is a numbers game. Let me tell you, it's not a numbers game. It is a quality over quantity game, and it is a who does their homework best game. We have all heard these stories like, oh, somebody had to speak with 100 investors until they got a yes. Well, guess what? That's because you're lazy and you didn't do your homework and you didn't bother actually checking which of those 100 VCs would have a higher chance of saying yes than some others, right? I mean, there are no 100 VCs on this planet that you as a founder would be excited to work with. The reason you speak with 100 VCs is because you just want the money. You don't care who it comes from and you just pray and pray and you think somebody's going to say yes if I just talk to more people. Um, but... I have a very different approach and I've had this approach ever since I worked in sales and I was able to hit my sales targets with way, way lower number of cold calls because I started focusing on the quality of the leads instead of the quantity. And this is I, my approach with everything in life. I don't care about the quantity. I really care about the quality. I'd rather do a little bit more work in the beginning than just shoot in the dark. Um, and so, yeah, I've just developed a process that I personally like um, that takes me like 10 minutes per fund, maybe 15 minutes max. And yes, it is, you know, it is more time than just automating and copy pasting something. But let me tell you, it makes a huge difference, not just from the perspective of, you know, the VC is more likely to respond if I have a particular angle and I've done like a little bit of research, but also it gives me an idea of who these guys are. Like, I don't want to be just speaking with some random people that have like no understanding of my you know, industry, uh, maybe doesn't even, they don't even invest in, in the founders like me. I mean, I really want to understand who they are and I don't want to waste my time either. And I think that we often forget that when we're fundraising because we feel like we don't have the luxury to choose. Guess what? We do and we should. So I wanted to share with you how I go about um, the fundraising, kind of the, the whole like vetting, right? So I've chosen an example fund. Um, they're called ENIAC Ventures. I've never spoken with them, but I know that they're based in New York. They're like an early stage seed fund. Um, and it's actually one of the funds that, you know, I have looked into before. Um, so I go to their website. The number one thing that I look for, or the first thing rather, um, is the about section, right? About or um, what we invest in or thesis, something that tells me Really, like, what is this VC about? Um, what are maybe some verticals they invest in? Do they have a particular philosophy? Um, so interestingly, ENIAC Ventures does not have an about section, but they do have like a couple of paragraphs where they explain. They say, we lead seed rounds and bold founders who use code to create transformational companies. I'm not going to lie. I'm not very excited about that because I have heard that before about a million times. Um, so it does not seem like they have a particular thesis, which is fine. You know, they're just a generalist VC. It's all good. But that just means that I don't have my angle yet. So at this point, I'm not sure yet if I'm excited. So let's dig a little deeper. Let's then go and look at 
the portfolio companies, right? That's the second thing I do. And what I'm really looking for ideally is an investment in audio or podcasting space. That's like a jackpot. Or if not, then the next best option, you know, for us is like creator economy or media. So I look at Idiac Ventures uh, portfolio and jackpot, they have invested in Anchor. Anchor is a podcast creation tool. Um, they were actually uh, bought by Spotify, I think in 2019, which tells me that ENIAC has actually invested in them very early on, right? So they were sort of pioneers among investors in investing in podcasting space, which is really cool. And they have had an exit, which means that they probably look at podcasting in a more favorable uh, way. Um, so that's a good thing. That's a that's a plus. Um, and they're not like a competitor or anything. So that's really cool. Um, they also seem to have, you know, pretty nice other portfolio companies. They've invested in, you know, Hinge and um, Airbnb and Cameo. So yeah, pretty cool. I'm happy. The third thing I look at is the team. And this is for me the most exciting section because this tells me who are the people behind the fund and who runs who runs the show, basically. Um, what's really important for me is diversity. I obviously would love to see a female partner, but if not, I just want to see diversity. I obviously want to see that women are at least a part of the team in some shape or form and that they just have diversity even among men, right? Different maybe ethnicities, different ages, and so on. So Indiac Ventures has four uh, partners that they call, I guess, co-founders here. Uh, all of them are men, but they are, they seem to have some diversity. Um, you know, they have a female CFO, they have female investors, which is really cool. And generally, their team seems nice. You know, I mean, you, you have a, you have a certain gut feel, even just looking at somebody's pictures or they all seem to be like, I don't know, like good, nice people. <laughs> um, but then I really dig into more into who the partners are, right? So I would always look at the bio of each of the partner and I'm trying to identify who is the most relevant partner for me to talk to, right? So maybe one of these partners led the investment in Anchor, the podcasting company, or maybe some of them has um, background in media. Maybe some of them has been a founder. So anything really that tells me which of these four partners I should talk to. So let's say, for example, it would be Hadley Harris, right? Um, and I would identify he's the best partner to talk to. I would then go on LinkedIn and I would see how many mutual connections we have with him, right? So if I go to LinkedIn, oh, looks like we're actually connected. Hmm, go LinkedIn. Um, we have never met though um, that I know. And it looks like we have 60 mutual connections, which is really good. And the next thing I do is I basically identify one or two connections that are the closest to me. And, and I know they're like the strongest connections that can introduce me to Hadley. Right. Um, and please like people are sometimes really funny. Like even I sometimes get messages from some founders being like, Hey Anna, like we've barely known each other, but I, I see that, you know, this investor, can you make an intro? And I'm like, obviously not. Like, I don't know you. I can't actually vouch for you. So I would never be able to make an intro with someone who I actually don't know. So when you think about who you want an intro from, just make sure that you, that you pick someone who actually has something good to say about you, basically. And then I would always make it easy for them. I'll send them like a little blurb or even like a sample email so they can just forward that. Um, literally like three sentences, nothing crazy. And I always ask the person to add one sentence about me as a founder, right? Something in their own words, but just in general, right? Because I just want it to be very authentic 
Um, and, um, and yeah, and then I always make sure that I add an angle, right? And, and, and we kind of comes, all comes back to the reason why I do the vetting. The reason why I do all of this is so I understand if I have a really good angle to go in. Um, because if there's no angle, if I do the vetting and I'm like, you know what, these guys are super generic. I can't really seem to find why we should talk. Then I literally just cross them over. I don't, I don't talk to them. It's useless. They're going to be, they're just going to add my quantity, but not my quality, right? Like I don't need to speak with a hundred investors. I'm okay to speak with way less, but I want to make sure that every single person I speak to, I'm excited about them. And I feel like there's a, there's an angle for why they should invest in us and for why we should work with them. Right? So it actually becomes mutually beneficial.